Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Drake stays in the backfield. They don't motion him out. Foster Moreau's over to the left. They stack three receivers. Lobbing it toward Moreau. Got it! How about that touchdown pass? Carr takes a snap from the gun. Pump fake. Going to go deep down the middle. Got it. Ruggs! Grabs it! Jeff Putt, baby! Henry Ruggs goes the distance. Carlson for the 45-yarder. Good snap. Good hold, and he curls it in. Bingo, baby. Jackpot Las Vegas. 2-0. How about that? It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Monday, Twin Peaks is the site. Monday Night Football is on the way. Lions and Packers. Adam Hill is here. Steve Cofield. Brent Musburger sounding better than ever with those jackpot calls, and uh, why not be excited, right? Our hometown NFL team, the Raiders, 2-0. A lot of folks looked at the schedule before the season and thought, hey, AFC Powers, traditional AFC Powers, they're screwed. They're going to come out of that 0-2 and we'll be behind the eight ball. Uh, instead, I won't say complete shocker. They're 2-0. and I think the shocking part of it is they're having to withstand – a bunch of injuries, and they're still soldiering on. We'll get into the latest updates on their injury front, but uh, Adam, right out of the gates, and we'll get the trending at three here in a second. Right out of the gates, I mean, it is a hell of a start, especially after we see the Ravens go into Kansas City. Yeah, check that at home, but the Ravens take out freaking Kansas City, so it's not like the Ravens are going anywhere. They didn't beat a crappy team in Week One. Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, you're right. I think you you. You go in the off season. Everybody does this from the time you're in little league. You know, you look at your schedule, you you print it out, and you start marking down wins and losses. And you take your little pen out, and that's a win, and that's a loss. And I think most people had the Raiders circled as zero and two. I did. I, I'm, I'm not. I won't shy away from that. I thought they'd be zero and two when I did my little schedule breakdown. You know, I I, I had the over for the season win totals, but I, I still thought it's not little. These things matter. I, I thought zero and two. Schedule breakdown matters when the schedule comes out. Sure. Don't minimize uh, it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to kill you for saying they were 0-2, uh, but, hey, 2-0. and And expectations change now. And you, you go to 2-0, and and you start off, and they're like, okay. So now you redo it, right? You start looking down, and you're like, yep. oh, that could be a win now. Oh, Kansas City, maybe that's a win now. Like, you don't, you don't know. Injuries on other teams. We'll, we'll sure. get to the update on what's going on with the Dolphins. Uh, let's hit trending at 3. It's trending at 2. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. I don't know what time it is. Uh, we're or, off at 5 day. tonight. Yeah, we're off at 5. It's Monday. I, I had somebody, I, I had uh, uh, some of our friends in Kansas City ask me to come on today at, at 2.15. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then I texted back like five minutes. I was like, oh, wait, I forgot. We started 2 tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the company's actually on the air. Yeah. All right, so give me some general thoughts. Uh, you hear the calls there coming in. Moreau touchdown. Ruggs touchdown. Carlson field goal to seal it. I think the rug stuff is super exciting. I want to get to that. The Raiders win without a real running game. They can't really get it going. And Josh Jacobs is down for the week. And they win without Darren Waller going 12 catches for 130 yards. Those are all good signs. And I think the thing you're impressed with, they also win with a lot of help from the defense. 
that's a massive change. Yeah, yeah. the defense actually making plays, uh, and it's not just that they've been, you know, good. They've been consistent. That's that's a big factor that you can kind of count on them to go out in the course of a game. And hey, the offense has a bad drive. The defense is going to get you the ball back. Like that happens, which what didn't happen before. And even more importantly, late in the game, if you have a lead, the defense can make a play and make a stop on the other team, which never happened last year. Uh, so th- those are all really good signs. They're very, you know, they're a very credible defense right now. You know, nobody's saying they're great. Nobody's saying they're going to go be the eighty-five Bears. They're they're a credible defense. What in the offseason, What we're asking for, right? Just 20. be just be middle of the road. Don't yeah. be thirty-one or thirty-two. This offense is good enough that you can win a lot of football games, and that could change. You know, the last couple of seasons they get out to good starts and then they collapse down the stretch. As long as the defense can hold up to a certain extent. They can be a winning football team. Yeah, and I think it's fair to go back to the, as you're mentioning, the what was the preseason thought? Hey, just be okay. Just be okay on defense. But the other thought was, and this is this is where I was, and this is where I think I had the analysis kind of off. And, again, it's two games. We have to go a long way farther. I thought the defense would be better. And and I, I, I thought consistently, I said, hey, I think the defense is going to be better. They run a lot of pieces. Gus Bradley actually puts guys in better places. That's good. But the offensive line could take a big step back, and that could impact the offense. Well, guess what? The offensive line has taken a massive step back. The offensive line has been a disaster, and it hasn't mattered. The offense. What do you has mean? Thrived. They're two zero. How is the offensive line a disaster? It's a train cars wreck. throwing for yards left and right. They must be doing something right. They're overcoming the fact that the offensive line is a disaster. That's what they're doing. So the the whole thought of hey, this offensive line is going to be a problem. It has been, and it hasn't mattered. And and I think it's fair. You know, the other part that that I think is very impressive, and and you kind of hinted at it, but to go one step further. The this injuries have been out of control, and and they've been, been able to overcome it. And you look around. What was the biggest play in the game yesterday? And and a lot of people say Henry Ruggs. The deep pass to Henry Ruggs has a big play. It was kind of big. The biggest play was T.J. Watt getting hurt. You look at what the offense did before and after T.J. Watt was in the game, it's incredibly different. They won the game because T.J. Watt didn't play. But the Raiders have a ton of injuries, and it hasn't mattered. So I think that's what you look at and say, injuries to other teams devastate them, crush them. The Steelers were a different team after T.J. Watt was out. But the Raiders have like 18 guys hurt, and it hasn't mattered. They've been able to overcome it. So I think that is, that's the impressive part of, of what this team has done because, you know, John Gruden was very frustrated last week. You know, we played the, the soundbite of him kind of blowing up at me a little bit at the press conference on, on Friday before they left. And, you know, a lot of that was, hey, he's just upset about all the injuries they have and trying to deal with this and trying to, you know, process all the injuries. It hasn't mattered. They've been able to overcome all of them. That's crazy. I love it. Raiders are one of the stories of the NFL on the national level. They've beaten two AFC powers. I keep saying it that way because I don't – I didn't think Pittsburgh was going to be – Traditional powers. Traditional powers, yeah. Uh, better than a 500 team. I think the Ravens are still going to be very good, and the Ravens yeah. got back on track last night by getting back to what they do well, which is running, and the Chiefs' defense can't stop anyone. They certainly can't stop the Ravens. And, you you know, it's funny. You go back to last – really, it was the last month before the season, and I know you amended it a bit because the Raiders got K.J. right, but you thought you thought the Ravens were just going to freaking destroy the Raiders on the ground. Well, they destroyed the Chiefs. And, and yeah. by the way, on different expectations, um, you know, it's funny, last night I retweeted – the one of the morning hosts in Kansas City who was like, ah, Chiefs are fine. And you know what? You can say that when you have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. But when your defense is that bad, you got a lot of good offensive teams in the National Football League. And by the way, I'm not just going on the Ravens game. 
Let's go back to the Browns game, right? The Chiefs are not guaranteed no. to be rolling out to some, you know, 14-3, 15-2 season based on what we saw last night. And, again, feather in the cap of the Raiders. Uh, another feather in the cap of Derek Carr. He has a monster day, 382 in the air, 28-37, two touchdowns, and I swear he was limping for half the game. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was hurt. I know. Listen, you could tell the biggest sign to me that he was hurt yesterday um, is nothing that really happened on the field. As you said, there was limping and everything else. Uh, Derek tends to, and this is kind of inside baseball a little bit, but he tends to go to the postgame press conference uh, dressed dressed up. Like he's he's ready to go on the road, get, get on the plane for a road game. He'll get he'll, yeah he'll he'll get he'll get on the plane like ready to go and dressed up and, and in his suit and everything else. Yesterday he came in in slides in short in shorts a t shirt, um, just looking kind of battered and just like all right I guess I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to deal with this. Uh, it, it was a different looking Derek Carr from what it usually is. So I think that was a big sign to me of like. He's really, he's really feeling some pain. And then, of course, we got some updates today, and not only on Carr and other guys, and we'll, we can get into that. But, well, tell um, us what's going well, on. Well, Derek Carr, he got an MRI. They got the results back, and, and John Gruden said um, that he thinks he's going to play, but he's questionable for the game coming up. Uh, Josh Jacobs, who obviously didn't play yesterday, uh, was apparently in good spirits, but it sounded like he's trending toward not being available for this week. Uh Yannick Ngakwe, of course, came out banged up as he was before the game as well. He he should be okay, um, but they've got a lot of you know a lot of injury situations uh, that they are trying to deal with, and it's it's not great right now. Obviously, Alex Leatherwood got banged up yesterday as well. Uh, the offensive line played better after he left, so I don't know if it's a big loss if he's not able to play. But depth certainly is impacted uh, if he's not there. And, what was the line at the end of the game? Uh, Brandon Parker was playing. Uh, you had I'm trying to think all the all the mishmashes that were going on. James was still in, which um, again another struggle for him at center. Uh, you had Jermaine Illuminor out on the field, who actually has played pretty well uh, considering the circumstances and coming in coming in late. Colton Miller was still out there, which Colton Miller has been by far the best player on the offensive line, which was probably expected uh, coming into the season. So you were just kind of really mishmashing who was out on the field. It was again. Like you have to give a ton of credit to the Raiders and what they've been able to do to overcome all this. And I, I would also say, like yesterday, I feel, I think you should feel better as a Raiders fan coming out of yesterday than last week. Because I'll, I'll say this: going back and looking at the tape a couple times last week, it was a fluke that they won that game. It was a fluke that they beat the Ravens. Yesterday was not a fluke. They went in there and they dominated Pittsburgh. Did you? I, I never felt once the Raiders. You know what? Even early in the game, even early in the game, I never felt the Steelers were. A tremendous risk. I don't think Big Ben can push it down the field, no. even with all those receivers. And are you writing like, off? I, I think, oh yeah, the line back to last <laughs> week about Gruden got all mad that people are writing off Big Ben. No, he just he's not what he was. No, and that's to be expected. But here's the thing: there have been guys in recent times who were playing late thirties into their forties. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time sure. in terms of like old man quarterbacks. Uh, you know, we told you in the off season that. I think the Steelers made a big mistake, and, and this year would have been a transition year or, you know, they had him make the move for the next quarterback uh, last year. Um, I, I didn't like that they brought him back, and I, I didn't feel like – and this is not to minimize the win. This is this was my point before the season that I thought they could get out of the gates with a good start. I didn't think they'd go to Pittsburgh 
and win. I thought they'd beat the Ravens. I thought they'd get off to a 5-1 and one start, which I'll follow up on now with some injuries and things that have changed. Um, but the Raiders so dominated at times, I, I didn't feel like the Steelers were some gigantic threat to pull off some miracle comeback, and that includes their running game, which Najee Harris may turn out to be a good running back. Uh, but their offensive line is, is not great. And yesterday he went, you know, 10 for 38. Raider, new look Raiders defense, a lot more personnel rotating on that defensive line, even beat up with Gerald McCoy down. Yeah. They dominated. Well, we, you know, when, what was the, I believe my comment, my snarky comment when they drafted Najee Harris, we talked about on the show was, wait, which offensive line position does he play? Because if you're trying to fix the running game, you don't draft a running back, you draft offensive linemen. Because running backs are interchangeable. They don't matter. But the you know when they drafted him, you're like, okay, you have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Why are you drafting a running back? It doesn't matter. And I think they're kind of learning that lesson a little bit. He looked good. I mean, he made some really nice plays, especially in the passing game. He made some plays. But if you can't get anything going in the running game because, A, you're not committed to it because you don't trust your offensive line, and, B, your offensive line isn't very good, then why are you drafting a running back? And I, I guess you could translate that and say, well, what about the Raiders? They paid a running back in the offseason in Kenyon Drake. Why? If you can't block anybody, it doesn't matter. They, and they're no, not even trying to run. But the way they're using them, did they really pay a running back? No, they paid a receiver. Right. They paid another weapon, right. the joker position. And I know a lot of people were asking about what was going to happen with Jacobs' carries going into the game. I know people blew you up. Like, hey, is Gruden serious here, you know, really talking to Peyton Barber? Yeah, Peyton Barber really is right now. If Jacobs can't come back, he's probably more of the you know the guy on the ground, the guy in the air, and you know mixing him in on the ground is going to be Drake. Oh yeah, and that was and what kind of what Gruden was saying was, you know, when they said, "Is this a big opportunity for Kenyon Drake?" and he said, "No, Kenyon Drake has an opportunity every single game, whether Jacobs plays or not. Yep. He's going to get the ball a lot. This is an opportunity for Peyton Barber, who went from not playing a snap to being you know the early down back for the Raiders. But again, they're not really trying to run the ball." Like, they're doing it just to say, all right, we're going to – we'll head it off here and there just because, you know, you have to to keep the offensive or the defensive line honest. But they're not trying to run it. They're, they're, their handoffs are short passes to Drake right now, and they're trying to air it out. They're trying to throw the ball, and that's, that's what they've done. They've done it effectively, and it's been good. Now, the challenge is teams are seeing this now. They're seeing your tape. They're seeing what you want to do, and they're, gonna, they're going to adjust to that. And they're playing the Raiders like a smash-mouth team – and that's not what they are right now. So they're going to adjust the defense, and that's what you have to do is adjust back. And, you know, we'll see how that works out. Uh, but for right now, I think you just enjoy how it's going. And, and you're the Raiders. You're going to keep grinding. And, um, you know, asked John Gruden today about managing expectations now, which is kind of something different that they have. And, and he said, fortunately, it's a very veteran team, which I think is true, where you're not going to come in today and be like, ah, we're 2-0. and We're good. Don't have to prepare for my – see what happened to Miami yesterday? Ah, we don't have to prepare for them. It's not, not going to happen. They're not a bunch of young guys on this team. You know, the other big narrative, too, is and, – and it's from – you know, the, there's there's a split in Raider Nation about Derek Carr. Sure. Right? There are a lot that were fed up with Derek Carr. Hey, it's all numbers. It's not winning. Then there are the tried and true Derek Carr stands who will defend him at a return. I saw – it's funny. I saw a tweet from Colin Coward kind of play into that. Like, the most underrated guy. You know, the amount of disrespect he gets is Derek Carr. Like, no, the, the real argument with Derek Carr, we – I mean, most people who have any senses realize the guy's a top 12 quarterback in the league. Now, the debate was, is he a top eight? Is he closer to that elite group of four or five guys? Well, you know, based on what he's done in the first couple of games here, yeah, he's, he's getting closer, especially considering the circumstances. He made some awesome passes yesterday. And the other thing is, to your point about 
Yeah, hey, it's, an, it's a league of adjustments. Every week there's going to be adjustments, right? Eventually, people are going to play the Raiders to throw a lot and not run so much, and then the adjustment has to be they got to take advantage of that from time to time in the running game. And underneath, um, I thought the brilliant part of yesterday, as I said five minutes ago, Darren Waller was blanketed, right? And he's going to be. Other guys have to step up, and most importantly, the coaching staff and Carr have to have confidence in those other guys, and you started to see that. I mean, I know you've been waiting for and, and saying that, hey, there could be a breakout with Brian Edwards. We're all waiting on Henry Ruggs, and, and across the board between the receivers and Carr, we started to see that. Yeah, and I think I, I was more impressed with Edwards yesterday really than Ruggs, and Ruggs made the splashy play and the headline-grabbing play. Edwards on a down-to-down basis is playing very, very well. Uh, so I think that that could continue. That could be um, that could be something that they can rely on in the passing game. I I still feel like we've seen these games from Henry Ruggs. We've seen a couple of these games, and then you see two or three weeks where there's nothing. So like the, the challenge for Ruggs is more consistency. Have those kind of games all the time. Show up and flash all the time. Five we'll for one thirteen and a touchdown. Most importantly to me, seven targets. Yeah, and I like to see it ten targets. The targets are super important. Because it show again, I'll lay it out there. That means Rugg is getting Ruggs is getting closer. The coaching staff is trusting him, and most importantly, Carr has lots of options. Carr is trusting him. By the way, the coward comment yesterday, and I think this is part analysis, part you know, kind of trolling. Uh, Derek Carr has dropped some dimes today. Never understand the complete lack of respect for his game. There's there's no one in the world who you would ever want to talk football with who actually has a complete lack of respect for his game the debate is is Derek Carr a you know second tier quarterback or is he a first tier quarterback is he a guy who can win at the highest level or is he in that 8 to 15 range that's the debate there's no no one who knows football would say I completely disrespect his game that he's a bottom five quarter that's just that's silly now I understand Cowherd is you know he's gonna throw the pot sometimes well you said first or second I think I, I and I think that's one of the problems, right? It's what is a tier? When you say like that guy's elite, what is how many how many uh, guys the, can be elite? The Keyshawn, right? The Keyshawn SIS debate: who's elite, and then what's the next level, and how far back is the next level? Right, because I think there, I think it's I think car is a question of second tier or third tier because my tiers are smaller. Like my first tier is like Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, Watson. Like that's it. And then there's like another there's this other tier of very good players, but that and that's the problem. Somebody yesterday was like, "How could you not put Carr in the top three? I was like, "Well, he's not top three yet. How how the could you? Record, the track record's not there. Because it's one thing to say that guy's a top five quarterback or that guy's a top three quarterback, but then you have to you have to knock somebody out. Then who are you, who are you knocking out of, the, of those of that mix if you're going to say he's in that level? Is he Carson Wentz, who was considered to be you know probably that second tier? Is he Matt Stafford? Those are the guys you're measuring sure. against. And so far, Stafford's been very good. Yeah. Wentz, unfortunately, has not and is now dinged up again. <laughs> Shocker. Right? Shocker. Uh, and that's another thing to be said outside of the year that, you know, Carr suffered a severe injury. He does play. He is durable. Yeah. And we're going to find out how durable he is. Yeah. You know he's going to want to play this week. We'll get an update on that. Some of the other injuries. Uh, also now changing expectations. Some of the other stars of the game. Raiders are 2-0, right? Who'd have thunk it? Raiders are 2-0. And could be headed to a pretty good record here if they keep their head straight, especially against the Dolphins. We'll get you a Dolphins update as well on Tua. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at Two. It's a refi-rated Nova Home Loans with interest rates at all-time lows. Now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. 
I mean, it, it feels good just to just to be a guy that you know can can turn the game around at any time and just just make a play like that to to basically seal the game. It's just, I mean, it's just that's that's the feeling I like. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Voice of Henry Ruggs, massive game. Five catches, one thirteen. Gruden was right. Pro Football Focus, up yours. Actually, they kind of like Ruggs as a guy who rips the, the top off the can. But when you're the 12th pick in the draft, people don't care if you're opening up things for the rest of the offense. You got to go out and you know you got to turn in your, in his case, you know, 60 catches, thousand yards, ten touchdowns. So good start yesterday. Good start yesterday. Uh, defense played well. What are we looking for this week in terms of availability? Who went down? Who's available? Uh, you know, I hate to come in on a Monday, 2-0 start, and then start going right into injuries, but it is a factor, especially when, if you just missed a couple minutes ago, the update, Josh Jacobs very questionable for the game against the Dolphins on Sunday. Derek Carr, questionable ankle for Derek Carr? Yeah, uh, questionable. It sounded like it was, like, if Jacobs is questionable trending toward doubtful, uh, Carr would be questionable trending toward probable based on what? Uh, John Gruden said, but it's still early in the week. Like they just got back last night. Monday is when they come in and try to get a bunch of uh, you know medical stuff done. Everything get checked out. I feel Tuesday like you would off. have to cut that guy's foot off from the ankle down for him not to play. Probably had to be pretty bad. Yeah, especially after a two and zero start. Well, start- and, and with a third game on tap that you can win against the Dolphins. Well, and more importantly, his backup's not there. <laughs> no, Marcus Mariota. <laughs> right. how, how long is Mariota down for? At least three. At least three. I mean, it's required to be three. Uh, we'll find out how long goes after that. They did. Ah! Add, they did add a practice squad quarterback today, and Kyle Sloter. Uh, see if uh, if you know how quickly he can get up to speed. Uh, but yeah, right now it'd be Nate Peterman, and, and I know a lot of people would be panicked if Nate Peterman was in there for regular season games. Uh, but you know, they trust him. They believe in him. I think it would be, you know, the, the line would would indicate that it's a big downgrade. But I think. Uh, you know, people around that building trust in, in the process of Nate Peterman and, and building him up. So uh, we'll see what has to happen there. Uh, but, yeah, it's, you know, they have a lot of these to deal with. Remember, 18 players were on the injury report last week. Several went down yesterday. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, the other one, now, I, you know, would make the case right now at this point in time. It might not be a huge downgrade if, if Alex Leatherwood can't play, but it would hurt the process and the, um, you know, the building of the foundation that they're trying to lay with Leatherwood as a player. Uh, moving forward so yeah a lot of guys all over the field um, they don't have to submit an injury report today they don't have to give a designation today they actually don't have to give a designation till Friday uh, don't have to submit an injury report till Wednesday uh, but you know as, as we said John Gruden kind of listed all those guys as questionable this week we're at Twin Peaks getting ready for the Lions and the Packers this is our Monday night football home right now happy hour goes for uh, the next five or so hours there's a late night happy hour as well it's Twin Peaks on Eastern great spot for all football, but especially Monday Night Football, we'll be here giving out prizes. You got appetizers, two bucks, four bucks, and six bucks. Domestic drafts, under four dollars. There's specials on Modelo. There's a tequila special. The other thing is unrivaled, and we'll get into this later. I was talking about different bars around the area and viewing. Right, I always like to talk about that first couple weeks of the season, kind of who gets it, who doesn't. Um, and I was mentioning yesterday on social media, Raider Sound was not on at a couple of places I went to. Eh, I get it. We'll get into it, but. This place, there are 75 TVs inside. You know how I know that? Because I went around and counted every one of them. There's nine more outside. Guess what? Now the weather's cooling down. This patio is second to none, so you got a bunch of big screens out there. This is the spot on a Monday, and really all days when there's NFL football, college football, Twin Peaks, 
on Eastern. Next up, we're going to try to track down Rod Woodson to break down what the Raiders did. Woo! 2-0. Wasn't easy. Wasn't expected, but they're 2-0. The phone lines are open. Join the conversation on Cofield and Company now by calling 702-364-1100 or tweet us at Cofield and Co. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, let's continue to break down this 2-0 start. Win yesterday. Raiders go to Pittsburgh, get the job done. Five-and-a-half point dogs. Uh, most people out there do not expect the Raiders to be 2-0, and now they've beaten two traditional AFC Powers. Rod Woodson knows the scene very well. Very well. Rod, how you doing? It's Stephen Adam here in Vegas. What's going on there? How are you? Uh, we're fired up. We're fired up. 2-0 start, and uh, Raiders are the talk of the NFL right now. How are you feeling? They, they have played well. I mean, the first two games, I don't think anybody would have said they would have been 2-0. Um, you know, going against Baltimore and Steelers. Um, and, you know, playing a tough road game in Pittsburgh and came away with the win and yeah, I mean, they did everything they had to do. You know, the one thing I love about it is that Derek Carr right now is taking care of the football, and the defense looks vastly improved. So that's a good thing for the Raiders. What What have you seen from the defense? I mean, it's still early on. We know what Gus Bradley does in terms of his system and, you know, the simplicity of it and trying to get pressure up front and letting seven guys kind of cover. But what have you seen out of them? Why have they been more, more, more improved this year? Well, I, I think they're – First of all, they're tackling really well in space. Yeah. That's the first thing. Um, and their corners are playing really good football. Um, yeah, I think this is the best that I've seen those corners play in quite a long time uh, in Pittsburgh, or excuse me, for the uh, for the Raiders. Uh, but Casey, you know, Casey is playing well. Um, Mullins is playing well. Arnett, when he get when he got in, uh, you know, yesterday, uh, he played extremely well. So. If the, if the corners can keep holding up and they don't give any no scenes, no posts, no goals, uh, they make the opposing quarterbacks work their way down the field, then you know they're they're going to be a force to be reckoned with because I think they'll keep getting better. Uh, they'll keep understanding what is asked of them from Gus. And, uh, and offensively, um, you know, got to get Jacobs back. Uh, if you have that power running game, um, but if they can do all that together. Uh, they're going to be a hard out. I asked John Gruden this uh, about an hour ago now, but I, I want to ask you to get a player's perspective on whether there is a challenge when you know, especially when there's not a whole lot of expectation on you. You know, the Raiders were picked to finish last in the division. All of a sudden, you have these two huge wins against teams you weren't supposed to beat, according to a lot of people on the outside. Is there a process of learning to be successful? Of learning to deal? with success in the league where, hey, don't get too carried away, you just got to keep on the same process? Well, you got to believe in the process. I mean, you got to believe in your in who you are as a team. Uh, you got to respect your opponents. Uh, but you got you to expect to win. If you don't expect to win, you're not going to win. I mean, it's so, you know, I, I would think that every, every player, every team that steps on the field believes they're getting, they can beat any opposing team that they play against. Um, I mean, it's a National Football League, the best of the best play in the National Football League. So you have the best players in the world playing here. And anybody can win on any opposing day. Uh, and, you know, for the Raiders, I think it is that, you know, 
you know, they, it's, they've been so sporadic over the course of the last, you know, 14, 15 years. You know, gosh, what was that, 2016, uh, last time they were 12 and 4, got into the postseason. Uh, last time I think they were 2 and 0, though. I think they were, was that 20, 2000 and, 2002, I believe. Um, so you would think that the veterans are going to say, hey, let's, let's stay the process. Barry Carr's got to talk to his guys. Um, all the defensive players got to come together uh, and say, you know, yeah, we won two games. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, Miami Dolphins are coming in. They got blew out last week. You, you, th- you got to think that uh, they're going to be ready to redeem themselves on the road. Um, so, uh, you know, if they, if they can start 3-0, and that's a big start. Uh, I don't even think anybody in that locker room probably would have said they would have started 3-0. and But um, having that type of start this year – uh, is really exciting for the Raiders, especially with having fans in the stadium. So is this one of the things that we've you know been discussing is the the offense has been so impressive. Uh, Derek Carr just throwing the ball all over the place, massive numbers each of the first two weeks, receivers involved everywhere. Uh, but the offensive line hasn't been very good. They're a work in progress. They're trying to get there. Can you keep winning and keep having this much success on offense if your offensive line is inconsistent? Well, I, I think they're going to have to. I mean, it's, you know, everybody, you want consistency, right? You, you want that in the league. Uh, but when you can win and you're not playing your best football, that's the difference. That's the difference between a great team and the teams that find a way to lose. And, uh, you know, you, you look at what they and how they've played this year. Yeah, they, you know, they struggle to, at times, protect um, Derek and run the football consistently. Uh, you know, luckily for them, you know, J.J. Watt got hurt. Um, and they took advantage of that. And they, you know, they, they picked on the corners for the Steelers. And they did that throughout the whole game. Um, you know, you just got to keep plugging away, believing in the process. And if they can keep doing that, you know, they got a great opportunity to start 3-0. and And if anybody would have bet, if anybody went to Vegas, you know, and, and, and or went to a sports betting place and, and put a, a bet on the Raiders starting three and zero. They would have got some brutally good odds. <laughs> so they do have Miami this week coming up. Miami coming off just a, a brutal performance uh, with two quarterbacks yesterday. Two were going down. Brissett coming in uh, wasn't great, uh, but they are still a dangerous team. So uh, what do you see happening this weekend with uh, with the Dolphins coming into Allegiant Stadium? Well, you just got to think they're going to play their best football. Um, but I think if, if, if the Dolphins play their best football and the Raiders play their best football, uh, I think the Raiders will win the game. Um, but you, know, you just can't say that's going to happen week in and week out. Uh, I, I think the Raiders have played good football. I don't think they've played a perfect game. I don't, you know, I know you can, I know, I'm pretty sure John Gruden would agree with that. I, I would think that, uh, you know, Gus Bradley would agree with that even on the defense side also, even though they've been much improved this year. I think they know they have a lot of improvement to, do this year, um, but if they just play their best football and take care of the ball like uh, Derek Castle far still throwing the ball down the field, which is very refreshing to see from Derek, uh, and they can run the football uh, the way they've you know been doing it, but hopefully more consistent with that. And then those corners keep playing good football, you know. And, I, and I'm really impressed with Jonathan Abram. I just think he's played really good football right now. He's tackling really well in space. He's that dog that 
um, you know, they've been looking for. I, I think they've used him really, really well so far this year. Uh, and this is the and if this is going to be the John Atherm that we're going to see, uh, this is going to be an exciting defense to watch. It's kind of crazy, huh? That they uh, they finally figured out, hey, we got to get him in a different part of the field. And I'm sure for him that was kind of an ego blow, but it looks like they've they found the right slot for him. Correct. Well, I mean, he needs to play closer to the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's who he is. Um, you know, the further uh, he's away from the ball, I just think the less effective he is. Uh, you know, he likes to play fast. Uh, you can do that when you're close to the ball. Uh, he, so he, he likes playing in that core. He, you know, he's pulling that trigger and going to make tackles, and that's a good thing to see. We know he's a physical player, and, and that's something that, you know, that's a, that's a tone setter week in and week out for this Raider defense that uh, is going to be fun to watch. Rod Woodson, the Hall of Famers, up with Cofield and Company. We're breaking down the Raiders 2-0 start. Also looking ahead to the Dolphins. i got to get your comment on, uh, one, it's it's unfair. It's kind of mean right now to grade Tua in, in this season. You know, he's only played like a, a game and a quarter. But where are you on, if he does play, but just in general, where are you on Tua as a franchise quarterback? Well, we all, for some odd reason, like to say franchise quarterbacks when a guy's a starter. <laughs> and I just... Um, franchise quarterbacks to me are difference makers. You know, those guys who can uh, take an average team or average receivers and make them better receivers than what they normally are. That's a franchise quarterback. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's very unfair to say uh, a rookie quarterback is a franchise guy. Maybe you want him to be your franchise quarterback, but he still has to prove that. And I, I, I don't like really grading young players until going into their third year. Um, I think he struggled his first year. Um, then he got put back in and he played well. He's shown flashes of good play. Then he's shown flashes of bad play. Um, you know, I, I'm still waiting to see. You, you want to see him be more consistent in his, in his decision-making. Um, when he's in the pocket, when he's out of the pocket, you just want to see him being back there playing quarterback that he's just making those better decisions within the game. Um, you know, and hopefully he can be more consistent. That's what I'll be looking for. You know, I just I, I want to see him be more consistent, even though he's going to make mistakes. Because that's what young players do. You just want to see him somewhere along the line have a stretch of maybe two or three games where he's football really solid football. Rod Woodson with us. I think Rod is still there. Rod, you still there? I am here. Can you not yeah, hear me? Yeah, yeah, you cut out a little bit. So uh, here's a tough one for you. If you're running the Dolphins, right, you don't know about Tua yet, but Tua could be part of a deal to get Deshaun Watson. And we know about the Deshaun Watson situation, or we really don't, but he's not playing right now. What do you do if you're the Dolphins? You're like, we better get something for Tua and get him in this deal and get our franchise guy in Deshaun Watson now. Well, you know, I don't know if anybody really – I know they. we've heard the rumors that they want to – Get Deshaun Watson, um, you know, and I don't know if if the league will step in if a team says they want to play him this year. Right now, they're you know, the Houston Texans are not playing, so the league is not saying anything. But they've been very quiet. So if I'm going to you know, trade, Houston Texans say they're going to play. Um, if the league doesn't step in and say, hey, we're going to put you on the uh, commissioner's exempt list. Um, I mean, that could happen. Uh, you know, I don't. I think you know. He, some type of assurances that he's going to play, he's going to be able to play. Um, but, you know, 
when you're when you're looking at the quarterback position for um you know for the Dolphins, I mean Jacoby Brissett, I mean he's a decent backup. You know, do you want to go with him? To take that trading some picks away for next and maybe a player? Uh, and get to Boston, and he, if he can play or not. Um, I mean, that's that's a really tough decision. I don't know if I would pull that trigger right now. No, not unless I got an insurance from the league office that he will be able to play if we pull that deal off. You know, on the flip side, I cannot imagine being a player on the Texans. You know, they sign all these dudes to one-year contracts, right? These guys are all playing for their livelihood, their jobs, and the Texans now on a short week, Deshaun Watson's there. But he ain't going to play. And if I'm another player on the team, you know, Tyrod Taylor may not be able to play. I got to play, you know, Davis Mills has to be our quarterback because of all this nonsense that's going on. Very frustrating. Well, I mean, it's, you know, I can't say it's nonsense, but, you know, it's a lot of accusations, uh, which is, you know, very, very serious. They take, and even though it's no, no criminal offenses have been charged against them, but a lot of civil, uh, you know, it's hard to say you know, when you have that many different people saying the same, very similar stories. Um, you know, so that's a, that's a little worrisome, a little concerning. And I think, you know, I think the Houston Texans that did a smart thing. And, uh, you know, they started out to us. Well, I mean, they're, they're just, they, made a, they made a wise choice. But, you know, you, you like to – I think all the players in the locker room believe they could win with or without him. Uh, obviously, they already shown they can win with him or without him, excuse me. Um, you know, hopefully somewhere along the line this whole thing gets rectified uh, one way or the other, and decision is made about Deshaun if he can or cannot play in the league. Yeah, and I wasn't saying the allegations are nonsense. I'm saying the lack of clarity from the league is the, the nonsense. I, I think they need to make a decision. That is absolutely right. Everyone's in a weird position. All right, last one. Let's talk about the Raiders and their place in the AFC West. This is kind of fascinating. The Broncos did what they're supposed to do. I don't think they beat great teams, but they're 2-0. Uh, what are you seeing from the Chiefs? I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to drop to a 10-7 and team, but my God. My God. It, there, there's some shakiness right now. Um, this has become a very, very interesting division and also very interesting around the AFC. Yeah, more so it's – yeah, I mean, the AFC – you know, you're looking at, especially, uh, you know, we all thought Tennessee was going to be, you know, play a lot better. We probably thought, you know, the Colts would be a little bit better. Um, you know, maybe Buffalo, we always thought was going to be pretty good. Uh, I mean, the Raiders and the Denver Broncos are the two undefeated teams in, in, in the AFC. <laughs> so, you know, I, don't, I don't think anybody, I'm telling you, if you would have went to Vegas and made a bet that these two guys are going to be, uh, the Raiders and the Denver Broncos are going to be the only undefeated teams left in the AFC after the first two weeks. You would have, you would have won a boatload of money. Yeah. Wouldn't have been me because I had the Broncos going like 6-11. and 11. I had them <laughs> under their total number. So, so far they've been great. Rod, we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. All right. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks, man. Rod Woodson. You get my point, though. On, I, I, do, I don't understand how this Watson thing is being allowed to go on like this. We're just going to pretend, like, make a decision. I can't even. I can't Put even, him on the exempt list. I can't even talk about the Houston quarterback situation. <laughs> they, were, they were going to beat Cleveland yesterday. Yep. It's just, it's so frustrating. Well, Another injury. Hey, they're, it's funny. They're one, and one, they're one of the stories of the AFC. I mean, it's not one of the bigger stories, but, like, I think a lot of people thought, and I'm not going to say we all thought. God, I heard a lot of, we all thought this over the weekend. Cut it out.
after two weeks. We all didn't think anything. Um, but there are a lot of people who thought David Cully. Like, what is this? Well, David and, then, and then And then you see, by the way. He is a, he is you, a joke. You see Lovey on the sidelines, and that gets you fired up because you at least know their defense is going to be well-schemed. God, he is. I don't know what's going on with him. He's like the most jacked-up, intimidating, freaking Santa-looking guy I've ever seen. The beard is unbelievable. It's phenomenal. Uh, they, they showed him a couple times yesterday. I was like, that's tremendous. He looks like he's just watching film and lifting and uh, growing out the white beard. Wouldn't you? It's a great look. I don't know, man. I don't know at this point. I don't know what I don't know what my look is. Someone sent me a picture of me on the sidelines at the UNLV game. Oh, uh, God. I got it, I got it, it like sent to me, too. Gramps. <laughs> I feel like I'm like 74 years old. And my my last legs. Well, it doesn't help that you're like leaning oh, on, just, a, like on, on a cabinet so you can stay upright. Oh, it's just yeah, it's just it's it's a physical mess at this point. And then the hair and everything. But Lovey, very impressive, very impressive. All right, we'll get to some of the big stories around the league. But uh, back to the division. Yeah, the Chargers game yesterday uh, that was unreal with some of the officiating. And on the flip side, I gotta say, probably time to upgrade the Cowboys. I didn't think the Cowboys were going to be very good. And that said. Uh, they prob- Should they have lost? Because McCarthy, McCarthy again. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. First and goal at the three. Pollard is a wide receiver coming in motion. They give it to him in a fly sweep. Coming right to the goal line. Reaches it across. Touchdown, Cowboys. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Live at Twin Peaks. Now, that game was weird. We'll get back to the Raiders, get back to some of the injury notes. Again, Derek Carr, questionable, but John Gruden said, did he get the MRI already or is it coming up today? Got it already. Okay. Uh, questionable, but mostly expects Carr to play against the Dolphins. Very questionable for running back Josh Jacobs. And touch and go with right tackle Alex Leatherwood. We'll get to the offensive line ratings in a little bit. What they're doing in spite of the O-line, is pretty damn incredible. Big day yesterday for Ruggs. Edwards started to emerge. Very good win, and Derek Carr with 382 and a couple of touchdowns in the air. Excellent stuff. So many things to read in the other games in the division. Yes, the Broncos and the Raiders are the only 2-0 teams in the AFC. Talk about balance, right, around the AFC. Tons of 1-1 teams. Oh, yeah. The Cowboys win. But frankly, the end of the game decision, I think, backs up what I said after week one for the Cowboys. What I said about McCarthy is he's basically chubby Jason Garrett in that these guys love to play for field goals. And when you set yourself up for field goals throughout the game, and especially at the end, especially bombs, 45, 50, 55 yards, and don't manage the clock and don't max out your time and the chance that you can you know, move a little closer – you're going to lose more often than not. So they're one and one in those situations. I said they'd have about six of those games and they'd go two and four. So they got it done yesterday. They got a shot. Still got a shot at two and four. Now, I want to say I'm ready to upgrade the Cowboys based on the fact that they went to L.A. and took out the Chargers. I think the Chargers are, you know, above 500 team. They competed very hard with the Buccaneers if it were not for McCarthy's stupid decisions. Maybe they win that game. But McCarthy still... I still got to hold back. But there were some good signs. On the other side, we'll get to the officiating because there were some weird calls. What do you think of the Chargers' performance? I will, I will say I haven't 
fully delved into it. I was uh, I was watching press conferences, writing during the late games. Um, I thought, well, first of all, my obsession with the Chargers offensive line lasted about a week. <laughs> well, uh, they're still you, decent, but you got to explain the situation. Brian Belog is down. Sure, they have something calling itself Storm Norton. Sure, who didn't play well. Holy good lord! And I saw that. Uh, Staley said today, oh, he's playing again. I mean, they don't have a choice. Yeah. But as you point out all the time around the league, most teams have depth issues. Oh, yeah. And once some of the ones go down, look out. And on the right side, I mean, it was just absolute destruction for Herbert. He was running for his life most of the game, having to make off-balance throws, which sets up that late scenario where they think they get a touchdown, they get a second taunting call, after they had been called for, I think it was uh, not a legal motion, but um, a legal formation. Then you see a play where Herbert's trying to you know, save things. He's backpedaling, he's backpedaling, just get rid of the ball. He gets rid of the ball. It's called in the grasp or a sack. We, still the, we see the still photo of it and we're like, wait, What? A left hand caressing your stomach and a right hand trying to hook you on the other side, that's a sack. Now, the comeback to that is, hey, this is what the NFL wanted, and there are a lot of quarterbacks who are cool with, please protect me. So, you know. Yeah, do you want to you you give you, back you, all the roughing the passer penalties? You, you get what you ask for, yeah. right? And they're, they're, I mean, the roughing the passer quarterback, or roughing the passer, roughing the quarterback, calls are ridiculous. Um, but I, I got to say on the taunting stuff, because I pushed him so far back. You've got to listen here, too. And it's a very small snippet. Uh, Keenan Allen made a nice catch earlier in the game. He gets up. He's fired up. He's woofing a bit. Allen able to hop over one defender and pick up the first. Uh-oh. We get kind of sick and tired of the, of the taunting that does go on from time to time on the field. We've tried to balance the sportsmanship with allowing the players to have fun. Your efforts at balancing it suck. Yeah, it's terrible. It sucked all day long yesterday. It was terrible in week one. It's awful. This is the John Mara rule, even though I know he's not solely responsible for it. But we played that bite during the summer, and we're like, this is going to be a disaster. Who is we? Because it ain't the fans. None of us called for this. No. And if any fans did, then it's your 65-plus crowd. Who cares what they think? Has anyone ever played sports? We know the competition committee. There's athletes there. Emotion is part of the game. I mean, yesterday we had a we had a guy spinning the ball. Flag. The I think it was this. It was well, the inconsistency too. Because the, there was a spinning the ball in the Monday Night Football game or Sunday Night Football game. Nothing. Adam, happened. we had a second pick six in the Buccaneers game. Edwards takes two steps before the end zone. Walks in backwards. You see the official look at him and go flag taunting. Because he backpedaled into the end zone. By the way, yeah, Lamar Jackson la- last night would have ended it all. <laughs> yeah. Were you not looking for it? Uh, Lamar Jackson intentionally, he looked around on the touchdown, made sure no one was around, flips into the end zone. I don't want the flag on no. that, but that is a billion times worse. And I assume Tyreek Hill, every time he does it, yeah. is going to be called. This is a disaster. Call the officials now, Raj. Raj Gordell, call the officials now and go, you know what? We didn't mean it. We got to pull the plug on this. 
you're gonna, you guys are going to F up the whole season. The last thing we needed from the officials was for them to make more subjective calls. Of course. It's the, stupid. The rule sucks. It's, it's ruining watching football. It's ruining games where they're deciding games whether they throw the flag or not. They need to show more consistency. They need to change the rule yesterday. But you know it. You know it. Stop. I, I, I listen, get it. I get, there's I get emotion it, Adam, and everything Adam, else, Adam, and I get come it. Come on, man. The rule when, sucks. When someone, someone makes a play, there was another play where a guy simply crossed his arms where he's like, yeah, taunting. Like, what? I agree. Listen, I'm not put, I'm not debating whether the rule sucks or not. When you make a play, put your head down and walk away. Be Barry Sanders. Don't show emotion. Yeah, be Barry Sanders. Well, then uh, Bill Belichick must be like, I want my guys to show emotion, so I, I don't know what to do now. It's, it's ridiculous. It is horrendous. John Mara and the rest of the uh, competition committee can shove it. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co.